Welcome to Unboxing the Tarot, a podcast about spirituality beyond the box. Hey guys, welcome back. We're really excited to have you. My name's Mel. My pronouns are she and they. I am an intuitive. I'm passionate about connecting people to the cycles in nature, both outside of them and within themselves. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> I'm Alyssa. My pronouns are she and her. And I am a writer, a poet, intuitive tarot reader. And I've been reintroducing myself to the world of energy healing sessions. So I took a long break from this type of work and am finding my way back. I'm very excited for you and I'm sure we'll get to talking a little bit about that. Yeah, I also have more things to me. I just felt like a slow pitch today. (laughs) I swear I'm not that boring, but yeah. And if you guys want to support us, we do have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash unboxing the tarot. We have three different tiers. We're starting it up. It's really exciting. We're going to be doing some cool events. We're doing bonus episodes, which are going to be really fun, diving into really cool topics. I'm very excited to do a mushroom bonus episode where we talk about um, mushroom experiences and stories and a little bit about it. Um, We're going to be having some other cool bonus episodes as well. We're also doing a creative space, which is basically going to be an email that's sent to you each month, which includes tarot spreads, uh, reading lists, playlists, and a bunch of fun, extra cool creative shit. And uh, <laughs> is that okay to say shit? I feel like I yeah, we're explicit. Having- we're explicit. Yeah, we are here. explicit. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to be getting up to a lot of really cool things, and it's definitely at a very fair price. Uh, hashtag capitalism. So please go support us. Uh, we are not supporting capitalism. We're just a part of it, so we don't really have any <laughs> choice. Um, but yeah, if you, anyways, jumping. Oh, and yeah, if you guys want to support our podcast for free, you can do so by rating us on Apple Podcasts. You can give us a good five stars. Anything less, you can just keep it to yourself, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want anything lower than five. No, it does really help us. And like any free support, like if you want to tag us on your stories of listening to Unboxing the Tarot, that's our tag on Instagram, Unboxing the Tarot rate us, do all the fun things. And now that we're past all the boring spiel, we would love to jump into this week's episode. We're going to be doing a little bit of a chit chat, diving into some cards. We have a mailbox moment that is very exciting. Um, Yeah, maybe we should just start off the mailbox moment. Do you want to go ahead? Yeah. Okay. I'll pull up this moment. (laughs) All right. So this is um, an anonymous submission. This is the note. Hello. (laughs) Hello, can you please pull me a card based on the naysayers in my life? I would like to know how to deal with rejection sensitivity in this season of Sagittarius. As always, okay, I love you. Bye. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah. Um, That's going to be my sign off from now on is, as always, I love you. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's just kind of enough, right? (laughs) Half avoidant, half like lovey. Right. Seems like this person's just looking for a little bit of clarity or guidance in how to deal with haters. And also within Sagittarius season, emotions can be quite high. Um, We're really embodying that fiery energy. So yeah, I get the sense that there's some some frustration or maybe anger on the other side of the request i feel like when they say naysayers i was thinking more so like people kind of rejecting you or like 
not giving you that support yeah supporting yeah yeah but that would be like similar like in the hater realm yeah yeah okay yeah yeah yeah. naysayers haters uh people not supporting you all same same gist okay so the way that i read tarot is like no card is ever any energy or person outside of you so um this isn't really going to be about the other naysayers quote unquote this is all going to be just from my perspective um, to do with your energy and you. <laughs> Shut up, it's the tower. <laughs> I always have that visceral reaction when because I... the towers the tower I was gonna say, like your reaction to that, like the tower is stalking you, so that's very fair. If for those who don't know, Alyssa's got one of two vibes. She's got the tower and then she's got the higher font. <laughs> yeah. I'm Probably either or <laughs> But I always have that visceral response when I pull the ta- the tower, and I always say tarot, but I always mean tower. Yeah. Um, and tarot I just tower. get that like gut like <laughs> feeling whenever I see it. Like it's not bad, but it just does it does react to me physically. That's fair. So I pulled three cards. I pulled the tower and the nine of swords and then the king of cups. And this feels to me like um, this is taking up a lot of brain space. Um, These issues and these people or this energy is like taking a lot of space up in your mind and causing some anxieties or um, like I felt in the beginning, like some frustration. Uh, But definitely the overall outcome message is to sort of master your own emotions and to realize that um, you are in control always. And even if it feels like tower energy, which is like very destructive, very um, like almost violent, I would say like tower energy is ruled by Mars and Mars is the the um, planet of aggression. So there's some aggression and anxiety around it, but you're really being invited to your calm, cool center with the King of Cups to sit with the emotions doesn't mean like not letting them in, but really embodying them and embodying the energy of mastery regarding your emotions. Like you're in control and you have the power and like you maybe feel like you don't with the tower and the anxiety energy, but you do. It's really interesting just going off of what you're saying with the tarot card. What came through for me was it representing also a lot to do with maybe your mental space where like the tower doesn't have to represent like everything. Usually it's almost like you feel like life around you is crumbling, but I think it can pertain to different things like physically things are Mm -hmm. changing or like whatever. But I really do feel like this could be a mental thing where it's almost like you have like this vision of like carrying yourself a certain way. And then when someone tries to infiltrate that or like be a naysayer or hater or whatever, then kind of feels like a tower crumbling. Cause it's like, you've built this vision up of yourself. And when someone doesn't match that, it can feel almost like that's where our people pleasing tendencies come because we're like, Oh no, we need to convince them that we're a good person or convince them of this. So that's the way I kind of saw it too, is almost like maybe there's like a lot of, mental destruction on this person because they are maybe being hard on themselves because even though they're trying not to take it to heart like it's hard not to when they have this way of understanding themselves and when someone doesn't reflect that back to them they feel like misunderstood in a sense or like they feel like they're like well what if I am this that they are saying you know what I mean also when we mentioned like the Sagittarian energy too in the beginning about like that fiery kind of anger or aggression it does kind of resonate with the tower so I also want to just reiterate that this is also 
a transit and Sagittarius season doesn't last forever. And you might be feeling like peak Sagittarius fire when the King of Cups is like that watery energy on this end. Like it's really being invited to embody like almost the opposite or like remember the opposite of the fire that you might be feeling. I was going to ask, well, I guess maybe you can get into this afterwards. I was going to yeah. ask you a little bit about what Sagittarius yeah. season's about because I'm a Celtic yeah. person. So I'm going to be talking about Elder and like a little bit about this next lunar or this lunar cycle that actually just began yesterday, which technically since we've um, recorded a week ahead of time, it was on November 24th that this lunar cycle started. So we're going to, maybe we should talk about that after we're done this reading, the yeah. like Elder side of things in the Sagittarius because I don't know anything about Sag. I don't know anything cool. about the typical astrology. I only know about the true <laughs> Celtic astrology. <laughs> I pulled the Five of Cups and the Nine of Cups from the modern tarot deck, and I will show them to you. Um, and it's so funny because these feel like – I felt like a story kind of unfolding when I saw this. When I saw the Five of Cups, it was almost like – it's basically this person kind of like near the water. They are wearing this like black dress. It almost seems like they're mourning something or like kind of upset. So I kind of pictured that being the initial response to your inner child when you get those, you know, people who don't support you in the ways that you want them to or like that are mean to you or whatever. It's almost like that inner child in you is like sad and like very dramatic and like and not in a bad way, but like being a kid, it's like you're fully embodied in that emotion. And then the nine of cups is like the opposite end of that where I see it as like your initial response is the five of cups and then the nine of cups comes in, which is basically this person sitting in front of nine cups that are behind them. And this person has like a really badass pose that's kind of almost like, yeah, look at all that I have. So I kind of see there's the initial response of your inner child or kind of like what we were talking about, the tower where you just kind of want to shut down and you're upset and it's really difficult and you can let that consume you. But I almost see that as like being the initial response, but trying to move that energy more to the nine of cups, which is being like, okay, I know I'm all these things. Look at all these cups I have behind me. I am both a creative, kind person. I support people. I do this, this, and this. Like I know all these things about me. And just because someone else doesn't see that in me doesn't take any of these cups away from me and any of these abilities within myself. So I definitely feel like moving from that, it's okay to experience like these hard emotions or to care about what other people think of us like it is very natural to feel that way but just not getting caught up with it to the point that you're like how do I control the situation how to get them to like me or etc and moving more towards being like I have all these people in my life and I know I'm a nice person I know I'm a creative person I know I'm supportive and just like you know what I mean? And not letting someone else tell you what your value is just because one person it's like the internet haters there's always going to be like Obviously, the fact that you're even worrying about this means that you don't have to be concerned with wondering if you're like a bad person or something like that. Like, you know that you care and you care so deeply. And the fact that you're even asking us to do this reading shows that. So I don't know. That's my take on that is being the nine of cups energy, which is just knowing you have all these things behind you of who you are and just standing in them and being like, fuck yeah. I am that. And I yeah. and I don't need you to tell me anything else otherwise. It's like the what we talked about with the inspired to write post where it's like validating yourself before you put yourself out there or put, validating yeah, your exactly. art before you put your art out there. The five of cups also has an energy of like pessimism where there's a focus on the, the overthrown cups in front of the person and then there's two upright cups behind them and they almost don't even realize that there are upright cups there because they're so focused on the spillage in front of them yeah that moving towards that nine of cups is really a beautiful 
positive, optimistic energy. So it's really like, it feels like a transmutation and a shift within your own perception of what, what it all is. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Speaking of that, that's actually one of the key themes for this lunar cycle. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the Celtic lunar cycle that just began. And for those who don't know, I'm hosting an ongoing tree course, which basically we talk about the 13 different lunar cycles. We meet at the beginning of the lunar cycle, kind of set some intentions, learn a bit about it, seen through the lens of Celtic astrology, which is very nature-based, which is very me. So here's some of the keywords and themes that are actually associated with the elder, which is this lunar cycle. It's renewal, transformation, release, regeneration, cauldron, death, birth and rebirth, cycles, endings, beginnings, ancestors, elders, sages, and transmutation. So it has a lot to do with like what I call composting energy is like a lot of people are always afraid of like endings or like anything surrounding death, but reminding ourselves to look at nature and take analogies for death from nature like when something dies in nature it doesn't just die and disappear and we never see it again right like it's like if a tree dies or a plant dies or literally anything dies it decomposes into the earth and gives that earth new nutrients to regrow so like when a tree dies does it just stay above the surface forever and stay there no it eventually like plants and animals live off of that tree and carry pieces of that death within them and then also like mushrooms and stuff like that grow from that so it shows that new life grows from there animals feed off of there, they use it as shelter, etc. And then eventually it decomposes into the earth and then gives that new earth, like the nutrients to, let's say, grow a new tree or grow grass or whatever's going to grow in that space. But it's not like every time a tree dies, a new one grows. It's just like that space is now given to whatever is to come. Take a lot of analogy from that within our own lives and realize that like when we make space, or something ends, we can get really caught up in what we've lost. But I think appreciating that cycle and then like making new space to potentially, yeah, maybe grow something similar in that space, or you can grow whatever you want. But understanding that an end isn't like a fine is not like a a point, like a finite point. It's an infinite point where something grows and is birthed from that area. And so yeah, it has a lot to do with like death and also connecting with you know, as we're approaching the end of this year, like literally a lot of people reflect on the year and it's a lot about kind of closure and the themes within your year rather than this isn't so much the time to set new intentions. It's the time to like close off the year and find that closure and and reflect on the themes that came up in your year and then think about, begin to think about what space that's going to open up as you go into this new year, new cycle. Cool. That'd be so good. Um, I love learning about the Celtic world and adding it to what I know about the astrology, like just the general Sagittarius astrology or like the cycle that we're in, because I feel like it's pretty on par with the transition of the astrological signs as well. Like we just went into Sag and like yesterday was the elder season. Yep. The beginning of the lunar cycle was yesterday and this lunar cycle lasts until December 23rd and then the new Mm. one begins on the 24th which is technically this is the last lunar cycle of the year because there's 13 lunar cycles this one goes till the 23rd and then the new technically the new year cycle like the beginning is from like the 24th I believe to like January 13th 14th something like that because it goes into new year this is technically the last lunar cycle of the year that's why it has a lot to do with this like closure Mm. and stuff like that that's why a lot of people feel like there's like even um, they said that in the wintering book where it's like it feels like almost like around like Christmas time 
that always feels like the end of the year and then there's like these write-off days where you're waiting for that like awkward period of time yeah. until like the new year for like four days and you're like okay like <laughs> you know what yeah you mean? that liminal time between christmas and new year's where like time doesn't really exist and like you don't know what day it is and yeah is that what you mean yeah yeah it's very <laughs> like it's like, a write-off you're like it's already the new year like yeah fuck off <laughs> <laughs> well it's interesting because like Samhain kind of feels like a new year too but it feels yes. like since then like October 31st to now it has felt like a tying up and like an ending mm-hmm. of the the year even though it's so Samhain is also known as Halloween for to a lot of people but basically Samhain is on October 31st and it marks the end of the Celtic year and the new year begins on November 1st but I 100% agree with what you're saying where it always feels like a new year for me for Samhain for like especially with like that Celtic side and spirit within myself but at the same time it also feels like there's like this other part where you're like in the 12 month calendar year which feels like you're tying up things there so it always feels like kind of like a new year but then you're still tying up this kind of year it's a very like awkward time but at the same time it's very there's like the spiritual end of the year and then there's like this like physical end of the year but yeah I would love to hear a bit about um is it Sagittarius is that correct yeah so Sag energy calls them Sages Sages (laughs) You sages. You're sages. <laughs> I think it's the only one that you say like I don't know. Like they're not like scorps or whatever. Like, yeah. like you can just say sad and like people know what you're talking about. Yeah. So this is like even like fire. Capricorns. I don't think they really say caps. Like they're like, let no. me give my cap to you. <laughs> I think it's I think honestly sages are it. And like if I'm missing something, definitely email us. us and let us know. But I yeah think that it's just sad <laughs> anyway yeah. so sages are quite fiery quite um emotional folks and it's emotional energy can be very like sagittarius can be seen as like kind of aggressive if it's like not seen through the embodied lens <laughs> yeah but um they're very goal oriented it's a very um directed energy like once you set a goal in Sagittarius season it's like you just want to like make it happen it brings in a lot of inspiration creativity um, a lot of expansion too so you might notice like you're growing a lot and things are changing a lot in your life during this season Um, but it's really important in Sagittarius season to stay grounded so our card that correlates with Sag energy in the tarot is temperance. And it's all about keeping like one foot on earth planted and one foot kind of in the spiritual realm or in your in your like upper energy centers or however you want to say it. But it's about not getting caught up in that expansion and really focusing on staying grounded. That's like mm. my biggest advice during Sagittarius because you want to be like weaving through traffic. You want to be starting the arguments with your loved ones. Like you want to be passionate about like your feelings. And we also have Mercury moving into Sagittarius as well, which is our planet of communication is going into that fiery Sag sign. So we might be feeling like really vocally inspired (laughs) over the next little bit. Um, Basically, don't say anything dumb during this time. um, You want to be saying some dumb shit, but you want to be keeping your mouth shut. Yeah, like one of my favorite 
I guess, piece of advice I ever got as someone who's very impulsive and it saved me from a lot of things is to like kind of bite my tongue on things like that come from a reactionary place. Like if I'm having a discussion and it's very like passionate to like kind of bite my tongue. And if once I calm down, that same concern is still there, then air it. But don't just like keep airing things out of your emotions because you literally say things that you're like, I didn't mean that. So being able to like calm yourself down and ground and then sit with it for a bit and then be like, okay, is this still bugging me? Yeah, I should like let them know or something like that. Because a lot of times like our emotions want to consume us, but uh, staying grounded is definitely my little Taurus inspiration for (laughs) this season. And that will probably be Capricorn season. (laughs) Like by the time you feel like you don't want to like explode. So Yeah. yeah, you'll be biting your tongue for a little bit, but many of us are likely feeling that fire um, and like triggers, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like I've definitely been feeling really emotional and like almost like, do you ever have those nights where you go to bed at the end of the day and you're just like, I was talking to my partner and I basically was like, here's what's wrong. I listed like 10 different things and he was like, whoa. And it wasn't even all bugging me at the same time, but everything just, it feels like a six car pile up (laughs) in my head. (laughs) Like literally (laughs) where you just kind of feel like, I just I've definitely been feeling that too and it's not a bad thing but I almost feel like there's definitely a a strong urge or power to want to communicate during this time like it's not that naturally I want to and I'm happy about it but it feels like very healing during this time for me to at least personally I don't know if it corresponds with anything but to be um, letting it be known what I'm going through and like expressing that to people who are close to me or like with my few close people because it just feels, yeah, it just feels important because it's almost like as soon as I say it out loud, it no longer is like holding this power inside my head. It's just like it's out there and it's almost like the words literally release it. Like it's kind of mm-hmm. like therapy in a sense. Like it just feels like it's extra sensitive during this time to me. Or maybe I'm just in my own cycle. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, it's like you're you're transmuting it by speaking it and that feels like very Mercury and Sagittarius energy where it's like you want to be like moving that energy and the way to do it is to like fire it it out but it's because there's such a pile up behind your words that it's like it's all kind of met yeah. you know what I mean they, I don't know how to word it yeah. like it's all kind of come together in your mind where it feels like a lot yeah and that makes sense I also wanted to talk about um how everyone I know, including myself, are having literally the craziest dreams right now. Like, and I think that'd be a really fun episode, bonus episode for us to do because I've hosted my dream workshop and I'm really passionate about dreams. Uh, For those who don't know, I've literally kept a dream journal consistently pretty much every day. Sometimes I fall off for a couple days and I'm like, whoops. Um, But pretty much consistently for almost three years, probably, or three years. And through both my own dreams and I have a lot of friends who like send me their dreams and stuff like that I've done a lot of digesting and putting dreams in not boxes but like because we're unboxing that but like kind of finding different themes that um, dreams can have so like dreams where you connect with someone lucid dreaming and dreams with messages or synchronicities and then there's like weird dreams where it's just like some dreams are just weird, um, which is like kind of like the crazy stuff, which to a lot of people, they start off actually with weird dreams until they start keeping dream journals and being able to digest things and like finding the proper ways to dream journal are so important. But I know I've been voice noting you about my dreams and 
they are literally not so and i've been talking to people about this like it literally feels like an acid trip at this point i've never done acid but i assume it would feel like this because like i think i told you where i've been having dreams with really strong themes in it a lot of closure dreams with exes who i definitely don't think about or you know i care about them as a human but like i'm I'm over now, but it has felt like a lot of closure and it's been going through like all my exes and I'm like, what is happening? It's like the same scenario. And then just like feeling like I'm in a dream for like a year. Like I've had a lot of dreams where I'm in there for like a school, a whole school year. And then, you know, it gets towards the end of the year and like, you know, assignments due or something and I'm like scrambling. And then I wake up and I'm like, I literally am like baffled that I'm have not, it's been like what, a couple hours. Like it's really I hear these type of accounts with people who've done like things like peyote and or like really strong acid trips and stuff like that, like strong hallucinations. But because I've really honed in on my dream work, the fact that I have these kind of dreams now, it sounds creepy. But I mean, just like how you live a year now, you don't freak out. Like that's how it feels in a dream. It's like it's just time passing. And the same way you're not freaking out now, it's like you just wake up and you're like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I don't know. It's really been crazy. Because you're not really aware of like your life here when you're there. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like when you wake up from anesthesia and you're like what yep. yeah it's not like you're gonna freak out during it because it just feels like it's like you're living your life that's kind of like the joke I make when people don't really care too much about their dreams or dream work I'm like well you care about this so like what's the difference between like when you're like living in this reality versus your dream reality like the only difference is you're care- you care more about the things you experience when you're awake than when you're asleep a lot of people who've done mushrooms have the similar experience of finally asking themselves, what's the difference? How is it that I literally take like this tiny little thing from uh, from nature and then literally experience a completely different reality? Like it kind of makes this reality seem so fragile, but in that same way of death, it's like in a very comforting way where it's like, you're not ignorant anymore. It sounds freaky to people who haven't experienced it, but genuinely when you do, it's, it is very peaceful. I don't know how to explain it. Where it's like you finally have faced the reality of reality, which is that it's kind of, it's so <laughs> fragile. Like you could take, you could eat one little mushroom and your whole reality is just completely different or you can fall asleep in your bed and your reality just completely changes. It reminds me of the doors of perception, which I've never read, but Addux Huxley, which I'm mispronouncing, but him and you can look up the doors of perception. It's a website. There's a lot of famous philosophers who have like a lot of these types of thoughts, very existential, but very fascinating. If you've been having crazy dreams, please email me so I don't feel alone. And also if you ever want your dreams deciphered on the podcast, I would love, would love, love, love to decipher them because it's never as easy as just being like oh this means this it's usually very complex and it's almost like a reading like the more cards you pull the more you kind of connect them to other cards and it's never just looking at singular cards on their own it's a bunch of pieces that make a a, like a piece of artwork if that makes sense like a puzzle like I don't know it's really cool so if you ever want to send in your dreams or like a cool dream you've had you can even keep it anonymous whatever you want send us a message unboxing the tarot at gmail.com I would love that um I think that'd be so cool like we've had a lot of conversations about dreams and like the power of dreams and the world of dreams and how people don't really talk about it but it, it takes up a lot of our lives and yep. people just take it as like a normal thing but it's like so fucking mystical (laughs) me literally I have like a list I've compiled in my head of kind of like my top spiritual lessons and it's basically presence being present trees dreams and death like that's pretty much it like those are like my top lessons and the joke I make to people who say they're not spiritual I'm like you've had a dream right like 
can you explain <laughs> you that? And they're like, well, like, not really. I'm like, fucking exactly. Like, literally, you cannot tell me you're not spiritual. And also, I think, once again, I think a lot of people who don't consider themselves spiritual is because it's become, as we've talked about in previous episodes, there's a lot of, like, materialism that's been taught around spirituality, which isn't actually spirituality. It's just, you know, Walmart marketing it. So, obviously, you don't want to buy, Mar- like, Walmart's version of spirituality. You want to buy our version of spirituality, which is basically us saying that you are spiritual and that's it. Like, don't trust anyone. You don't even have to trust us. Just trust yourself. Hierophant energy. <laughs> that just snowballed. <laughs> it really did. I Don't even trust us. Literally, don't trust anyone. Don't even trust us. Just, like, yeah. <laughs> it's No, um, it's about your own inner compass and stuff like that. But um, this is how I get to, like, a singular point. But basically, if you aren't feeling spiritual or someone tries to tell you you're not spiritual, just – have you ever had a dream before? Yeah, that, that that's, that's a weird thing to experience, so <laughs> – if you ever want to feel magic, just like go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, literally. I know. And dreams are yeah. really crazy. And I think a lot of people don't, including myself, like never didn't, I didn't give it weight for a lot of time. Like it was like, it was always crazy. I always had crazy dreams, but I was like, there's, I would forget them really quickly after I woke up and et cetera, et cetera. And then, but there is tips and stuff that I, the dream workshop I'm doing right now is by donation. So to try and make it accessible while still like, you know, obviously compensating for the fact that I put a lot of time and effort into it but one of like that's one of the huge things I talk about is how to properly remember your dreams there is a lot of tips psychology wise spiritually wise it is really really cool this turned into a shameless plug but I genuinely didn't mean it I will talk about dreams for forever we'll probably do an episode which is basically going to be a summary of like the dream workshop anyways but that'll be on our patreon so um yeah I really do suggest to people to keep a dream journal I've shared so many tips on so many different platforms about how to do it well so if you're interested in learning a bit more you can join the workshop it's like an hour long just to get you started but either way if you have dreams at any capacity dream journaling and like working with them it literally unlocks a whole other realm of your life it's really nuts how much gravity we give these what is it like 16 hours of our experience and then the rest is kind of a throwaway not but I also was going to say this is really important time of year that has a lot to do with everything from like Samhain to which is Halloween to the closing of the year has a lot to do with the elder cycle which is a lot about ancestors closing of the year and death cycles so this is a year where energy is a lot more sensitive both your own and also any sorts of spirits or angels or ancestors and stuff like that so if you're ever feeling you need a little bit more light in your life we've been talking about this a little bit recently but the things I go towards are I love I get thrifted white candles from stores and then I light them I have a couple out right now I love doing a Hawthorne meditation, which is, I'm actually a Hawthorne baby in terms of the Celtic year, but a Hawthorne is like a very, they have these crazy thorns on them and they are such beautiful trees. You can Google it or check it out. Or if you have some in your area, they're very, very beautiful. And usually one of the meditations I do to help me feel, you know, protected or like set boundaries when I really need it is I kind of, I close my eyes and I visualize these like giant Hawthorne thorns surrounding me so that it's just basically me and my essence and then the thorns are protecting me from anything outside of myself and it really is such a grounding exercise so those are my two little quick tips for this season for helping kind of come back to your own energy it is a very sensitive time for sure and we really want to be cognizant of when we're picking up other people's shit right now (laughs) um especially as we're spending time with family over the holidays 
Oh, yeah. Um, maybe putting <laughs> That's ourselves a big one. in some situations. <laughs> yeah, right? Maybe putting ourselves in some situations that we don't really want to be in and maybe we have to set boundaries regarding that. But yeah, it is really important to clear your own energy, to be aware of where you are at energetically, to set your own boundaries energetically um and to keep up with the spiritual hygiene (laughs) it's kind of what i call it like the spiritual the spiritual cleanse um spiritual showers (laughs) yeah by no means are we saying wash your hands every 10 seconds uh spiritually i mean like right now we kind (laughs) of have to but like i'm we're not saying to be like you know as someone with ocd you're not saying to be petrified and always scared of your spiritual hygiene and always feel like you need to protect but it definitely is you know you do things that when you are trusting your gut or your instincts or your physical body that's telling you like something isn't feeling or sitting right with you these are just good exercises for coming back to yourself and it's all the same stuff like grounding meditating trauma responses it's all very similar and interwoven so it's just yeah i think especially during the holidays or like the holiday season and the cycle, it can be very triggering. Once again, we talked about coming from a place where like watching your emotions, not trying to hide them and not trying to completely like lean into them, but almost letting them pass through you and like making decisions and saying things from a space of being more neutral rather than coming from a place of just saying impulsive things when you're in the quip of the moment and your emotions are running high or low you know what I mean just just watching this dialogue and how it shifts within you with your emotions is like a very important mindfulness awareness to keep during this time I'd say yeah and I'd say like a lot of people that are listening are probably like intuitive or empathic in some way um, where you can just easily like take on other people's emotions or other their energy or like their yeah like their emotions I guess but it's like really being aware of like is this yours like if you start feeling something like when you're in a crowd or like when you're with your family or like even after the fact like and you feel a little bit off like just a simple question to yourself like is this mine is honestly one of the most powerful skills I've learned in my journey so far. Um, And then once you kind of bring awareness to it, recognize it, it's easier to clear that energy from you once you can separate and realize it's not yours. But if you Mm -hmm. don't inquire within, you hold that energy, you could hold it forever, right? Without really realizing that it's not yours. So it's just really important to have that, if that works for you. I mean, if it resonates, but it's a really powerful practice and exercise to do when you're with other people. (laughs) You want to pull a card? (laughs) (laughs) The robotic voice. Uh, Yeah, I do want to pull a card. Can we do a modern tarot card? Because I feel like switching it up after all our conversations about changing it up. Let's do it. it. Yeah, let's do it up. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Nine of Swords. Uh, That's rough. That's the one that I I pulled that for our anonymous person person in the beginning. That is so crazy. So, I mean, that that goes. So, in the Nine of Swords in the modern tarot, there is a um, person who's in bed and they're sitting up. They look like they're crying or like, you know, when you wake up or like when you're sad and you have your hands over your face, that's what they're doing. And then the Nine Swords are like on an angle. So, it's very similar to the traditional tarot. For me, when I see this card, it I feel like it's very symbolic of elder because we didn't talk too much about this uh tree or lunar cycle right now but elder is very much like the light in the dark being mindful of the binary between the two and not and knowing that it's not binary your life isn't just the happy moments and the sad moments there's 
lot more complex than that. Common thing we talked about in the strength episode, which was our first episode, was like how strength shows that how even when you're going through a difficult time, it's not so binary to say that it's just a difficult time. It's like there's these little interwoven thin thresholds where if you cross it, it's almost enlightenment. There's like these little happy moments. Like it's very, it's very complex. But the Nine of Swords feels more of like that darker aspect of Elder. When I think of Elder, there's the white light flowers that bloom in spring and then they turn into these dark berries that are actually very good for our physical health especially for I'm not a doctor but flu and cold symptoms and stuff like that so when I see this nine I think about that darker side of the ever-ending scale of like the lightness and dark and how we cope with those darker periods and I think about usually like resting but like a lot of times nine of swords feels like almost like restlessness like you want to sleep and you want to rest but you can't because it really does feel like almost that mental sphere is exhausting you or like there's these thoughts or these things you're thinking about or just difficulties that you're going through that is kind of keeping you restless and I know this sounds I'm not trying to say this as a quick fix but one of the initial things that came to mind intuitively when I was thinking about this was tips and techniques to allow yourself to have like more restful sleep which we've talked about dreams quite a bit in this episode for example so something I use is insight timer this isn't sponsored I'm not that big to be sponsored so (laughs) um but insight timer is something I use for example when I especially when I was going through a really difficult time of trauma that I just put on, they have a section for sleeping and I just put on a yoga meditation that lasts like half an hour and I fall asleep to it because it almost helps stop the chatter. Um, But I think about what your coping mechanisms are during like a difficult time and just kind of like how you prepare for that. And that was actually one of the prompts for the elder tree class that I hosted the other day was what are some spiritual practices that help you connect to yourself during dark times? And I feel like that is like the embodiment of this card. So it feels very on par with like what can happen in this cycle and it's not that it's overwhelmingly bad but finding those resources that work for yourself that help you connect to that your deepest truest parts of yourself when you're going through something difficult can you show me what the modern tarot looks like it's very similar so there's not much what's on the as roses on their blanket and yeah I was actually going to note that it looks like there's like roses on their blanket so like I thought about Hawthorne too because in like that mm-hmm. protection you put up with Hawthorne because Hawthorne is actually known as like a heart oriented tree which was the meditation I was talking about and then the blue ones the mop head hydrangeas which are like these light blue like clusters of small flowers that look like one big bunch and it's really cool and I just looked up what the uses of mop head hydrangeas are in terms of like physical medicines and I usually try and make the analogy for spiritual medicines but it has a lot to do with I guess like it says urinary tract problems helping with that uh urethra prostate and large prostate kidney stones and used for hay fever <laughs> I don't know why hay fever just reminds me of me when I try to feed my bunny and I have an allergic reaction but I'm not saying this as a medical professional but I just think a lot to do with like kind of what chakra is that is that um I can picture the color but like kind of like where your gut is and stuff like yeah. that not root but above that it's like yeah yellow-y. it'd be the sacral sacral yeah yeah what is sacral to have to do with like yeah kidney and stuff like that yeah it's like the um the reproductive organs and like just kind of that lower abdomen where Mm -hmm. the solar plexus is like the stomach kind of like liver like diaphragm area so yeah I would say probably that's like sacral 
yeah I feel like yeah that to me makes sense I I was thinking that I was like picturing yellow and so I feel like it is like a sacral energy so like kind of closer to like that root area too so we've been talking a bit about grounding and stuff like that so that makes sense it's almost like this person is in the bed and their cover sheets have like those flowers and the roses on it so it kind of reminds me of almost like this is like your comfort system so whether that's like through nature or through areas that help ground you and root you during difficult times it feels like there's like that's your comfort it's not that you try to force yourself out of bed but it's like you get those kind of sheets that like help comfort you and protect you if that makes sense I see this card as like I think traditionally it is like that anxiety and restlessness and nightmares and inability to turn off the brain turn off the brain chemistry it's really kind of in control it's keeping us up at night so to speak right um where i've recently actually come into some new energy with this card because i realized that this person isn't asleep anymore they're actually awake so they may they might feel like they're currently trapped in the reality of their nightmares or their anxieties or that restless thinking mind, but they're actually awake. So I think it's like actually a very positive card because this card could be like imagery of that person like tossing and turning in their sleep or like laying down and holding their head or whatever. But I think it's a really good symbol and a good symbology that they're up, they're upright. And they might be like still in that, like the memory of the nightmare or like, you know, but they're not presently in the nightmare. So it's yeah. like a step out of that, right? Mm-hmm. That reminds me of what we've been talking about with like trauma responses or emotional responses and how when we ground ourselves, like it's like kind of like these different versions of ourselves or like whether that's the nightmare or the trauma response and like finding ways that we can like ground and kind of come from a place that's like authentically us and not our emotions taking over or not our trauma taking over, not these nightmares taking over. And I think that's very fitting too, considering this person's in a bed and we've been talking a lot about dreams and like mm-hmm. my dreams have been very intense, like both on like it, it's not always like happy go lucky. A lot of it is like nightmarish, but it's like copable but it's still like very difficult and immersive so I think sometimes that immersive side of dreams and just our reality can get to us so just yeah I really do yeah I resonate a lot with like what you were saying too and in the after tarot I don't have that deck with me right now but I know this imagery there because it was so striking but in the after tarot there's actually a dragon crawling down the swords and it almost feels like this person is going to grab a sword off the wall and literally like slay that dragon and to me that that dragon represents like those difficult times that anxiety those like beasts like within or whatever Mm -hmm. but it's really they're taking that this opportunity and that like momentum to like slay it you know there's like that empowering like i'm actually going to take control because in the tarot, like we're getting close to the 10, which is the like one of the endings of the the sword suit. So mm-hmm. 10 is like that final completion. And it's like we're just steps away from like that that energy, right? In the nine. So it's like really close to the end, but not quite. And it feels like it's like 
just that invitation to slay the dragon. And don't get us wrong. We love dragons. We think they're amazing and they're, they're great protectors. Cool. But in this case, it's like more like an analogy. It's the dragon, yeah, like you said, represents that kind of darker aspects of ourselves. If this is like the card you're in and then you get the after tarot version, which is what do you do from here? And the after tarot is kind of take control of what you can and you you own it and you're like, you're on it. And you have to trust yourself that those true instincts within you will protect you. And sometimes we can get just so caught up with trying to control things. But I think just remembering that our true instincts will protect us and not being too worried about the finer details, which was a big theme in Elder Cycle too. So I, I think mm-hmm. all this like corresponds so much with, with like this lunar cycle and stuff. So I think that's really, really cool. Yeah. So there are like actually like a ton of swords on this person's wall, which is also kind of comforting where it's like you're not alone and you're not helpless and you're not like, you know, meek mm-hmm. or weak or soft or whatever like you actually have the power and the tools to slay the dragons yeah yeah like you they're just kind of on your shelf like that isn't your main priority isn't like lugging around all these things to protect yourself right now your main priority is like coping with your emotions and coping with like what you're dealing with now and your mental sphere and your physical sphere and like that protection still available to you but you don't have to like be standing there with a sword like ready for like some person like it's okay to just like take time for yourself right now yeah and the, the, like I hope we're really ending the stigma behind this card because I know like when this comes up in readings people kind of gasp and like nine of swords you know I mean, it's like up there with like three of swords and like death and the tower and the devil it's like I would put the nine of swords up up there too in the like quote-unquote like darker negative ones but I really hope that we kind of like shed some light and some positivity or like a silver lining upon the nine of swords yeah no I I totally agree I definitely it's like what I was saying about death and like endings and stuff like there is a lot of like negative aspects that people focus on I think it really does a lot of it comes down to this idea of change and endings and there being this nothingness afterwards but those cards are like like I said death is one of the all time that's what I got a tattoo of actually like this like kind of symbol of death I got like this antler growing mushrooms and it reminds me of how like even as like these deer go through these cycles each year where they shed their antlers even as the antlers die then mushrooms grow from it so it it shows that even when something ends or like you're going through a difficult difficult time there is this infinite cycle where something else is bound to begin again so you need to be here to experience that because if you end the story here, then there's there's no, you can't, you're not here to be aware of that experience that what happens after, but I guarantee that a new cycle will begin. Just don't end it where you're at in this cycle, if that makes sense. Mm, I love that. And I guess like the 10 of swords too is like also one of those darker cards. Like that's the one where the guy's like laying on the ground with like all the knives, all the swords like in his back. <laughs> I was thinking stuff. that too. Yeah, but, that one's the, probably the hardest card to get. Sometimes. Right? You're like, am I going to die? <laughs> yeah. You're right with the cycles. Like, everything kind of starts again. And our goal here as humans isn't to beat the ego or beat the mind or beat, like, beat our thinking monkey brain. It's to befriend it and to get to know it and to work cohesively with it, to work cohesively with it, not try to, like, avoid it or push it away. And I think we kind of mm-hmm. learned this in the sword suit in the in the tarot like we're not meant to like erase it completely it's like after the 10 we move right back to the ace and you know in comes a new idea in comes a new insight and you know the cycle continues so so I love the tarot it's like 
it's so reminiscent of the human experience and like we can all relate because we're all it's all the same you know we're all very human yeah we're all (laughs) very human before we close out um what would you rename this card i oh i got it sorry (laughs) i got one (laughs) so last week i was telling you that i only really follow well okay ryan called me out because ryan said when i was saying i don't like subscribe to like the demigods of hollywood or whatever ryan was like but you like adele and i was like okay fine i like adele but i also follow the rupaul queens and yeah it reminds me of like slaying energy but in like rupaul way like you better slay (laughs) slay queen yeah or Sleigh ride, because we're getting close to Christmas. Maybe sleigh ride. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Mine was gonna be transmutation, but I feel like <laughs> that's like so different levels. It can be both. It can be both sleigh ride and <laughs> transmutation. Those are very two. I feel like that's that is perfectly us. Is like us taking energy work very seriously and like transmutation, and then also being like, you better slay. <laughs> As a queer woman, I can do that, by the way. I'm allowed to say those things in that yeah. way. Oh, uh, <laughs> thank you guys for joining us this week. As always, it's such a pleasure. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, once again, it's patreon.com slash unboxingthetarot. Please send us an email. You can ask us a question. We'll do a reading for you. Just tell us what you thought of the episode. Tell us what's going on in life. Literally, you can talk about anything that you feel like sharing unboxing the tarot at gmail.com. We'll see you guys next week and talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.